Welcome back, Husker fans, to another episode of Generation Red, a very special bi-week edition of Generation Red in which we are collaborating with a couple of other podcasts here today, um, joined by Brian Knutson and Kenny Cheatham, former Husker wide receiver from the Husker Army podcast, as well as Fitzy from the Church of the Corn. And we cannot, well, last but certainly not least, we've got the Kool-Aid drinker extraordinaire, Mr. Redcast Rob at Redcast Rob on Twitter, in case nobody missed that fun kerfuffle we had earlier the other day. Um, glad to have you guys here. There is no outline tonight, folks. We are the Kettle Corn of Husker Fan Podcast. We like to get a little salty, but we try to stay sweet. I'm your host, Ken. Of course, there's another guy here, I think, that hangs out with me, right? <laughs> yes, I am the other one, the... The uh, yeah, the little crotch goblin that <laughs> tormented my dad's life for quite a few years. I am Scott, the other host. Welcome to Generation Red by Week Edition. Thank you, gentlemen, Absolutely. for joining us on this uh, on this endeavor, which is the end of the Scott Frost era and the beginning of new horizons that may or may not have winds in them. <laughs> There's a horizon. At least we're going somewhere. We may not know what that is yet, but at least we're going somewhere. This is an open forum, guys. I really don't have anything planned. So, um, Brian, I think you maybe had a couple of other ideas of what you wanted to talk about on the show that we just finished. Uh, if you guys are watching this now and you're wondering what I'm talking about, we just hung out with these guys on the Husker Army podcast. It's just finished recording, so that should come out. When do your podcast drop again, Brian? Is it Tuesday? Nope, always Monday morning. Drops Monday morning, which ours will too. So uh, that'll be perfect. You can listen to theirs first and then listen to ours, and you'll kind of get an idea of the continuity of a conversation between six people who just have no hope anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're mistaken. I am I'm absolutely believing that we are gonna go eight no from this point on. So oh, I, eight I no. love that. I love yeah. that. I mean, like I said, it's See, it's we are we are oh we are zero and zero right now. This is uh, Oklahoma <laughs> game. Oklahoma game was like a preseason game for Mickey Joseph. So now we're moving into our eight game season in which um, <laughs> Mickey Joseph. I thought about I thought about your question, Brian, that you asked me about like what Mickey Joseph needs to do. He goes five and three in these last eight games, and and he will secure that head coach job. They'll they'll have. I think it. that's so, solid. I yeah, think that's yeah. solid. Yeah, I thought about it upstairs, and 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 I started looking. <laughs> the schedule some more and the next four games are are going to be a really kind of a what mm-hmm. is the show me state what what i, I missouri, was, yeah, missouri missouri there you go so this is going to be the show me the yeah. show the kick, me schedule the kick catch right? the kick yeah, show me something yesterday and for the record i have not started i have not started <laughs> so that was <laughs> That was an extra point from old school. That was like oh, that was a two point conversion ball, yeah, right there. Put the ball oh. seven, kick it to fourteen, and he. Still well, first of all, when he point. ran out and I saw how he was built, I knew it was a miss. Hey, hey, let's not let's Kenny. We all can't be wide receivers for the Huskers. Let's not judge kickers. I am the special hey, team for the church of the corn. Look, hiding, Kenny, so. look at me. Look at me. What else could I do besides maybe kick a football through the uprights? Let's let's just be real. Be real here. I do have a. I do. I wanted to ask you that. I didn't know how much time we had on your guys' podcast before, but the. Uh, I want to ask Kenny, what are the what are the players' mindsets right now? Obviously, Oklahoma was a little bit of a whirlwind. You know, there were comments from Garrett Nelson on you know he's taking it all in, and then that the Scott Frost part of it, and then he just kind of got through the week. What are those guys' 
doing right now? Because obviously it's it's their name first. You've got to take care of themselves. So some might be looking at, you know, other options. So, you know, what do you think's happening there as a player? And how does that impact what happens with Coach Joseph? I'm going to say because I, I'm, we all know we had steady coaches back in my time there. And you guys know that that was the thing Nebraska was. It was the coaches were there um, and they were tenured there for a long time. So yeah. I can't say that I would understand what they're feeling, but I can assume I can assume the the termination of Coach Frost was 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 hard for a lot of them. Um, and because regardless of EC being released, which was probably hard for some of the defensive players, yeah. but the, the head man being let go, that, that, that's heavy. And it was so much turmoil, um, and so much pressure on them. I think the pressure on him was also weighing on them. Mm-hmm. And so it may have relieved some pressure, but I didn't think personally that they mentally recovered going into that week against Oklahoma. Now, I knew, we knew all knew what was coming. Yeah. But we saw some things that I think we all can say that we said, oh, they gave up on that play. You know, like we said earlier, hey, the guy's still running in zone. You just start jogging. Yeah. Try to run it through and get it. But if Coach Joseph um, can keep them together, I think this bye week came at a perfect time. Um, because it gave them an extra week to reset, hey, guys, this is where we can go for it. Let's start the slate clean. Let's shoot for this. We need to all together. The guys who are thinking about ways of being out and other stuff right now, if that's what they're doing, they should take it upon themselves to not even put themselves in a situation to play. Because if that's what you're doing, you're hurting the team. Because I'm sure yeah. some guys that – would love to get that opportunity and be out there doing what they're doing to show the coaches, hey, I'm, I'm ready. But if you're just out there half-telling it because your mind is thinking, of where can I go, where, what, what what my future looks like as far as this because they let these guys go, then you personally you're not for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You're, a, you're a you player. You should be trying to yeah. get through the season for your brothers that's lifting weights with you, that's working out with you, that's Amen. running with you, that's lifting weights with you, that's at the training table with you, that's in class with you, that's giving a thousand percent, be giving that same thousand, one thousand percent. So this this was Go the ahead. best. This was the best fifteen million dollars spent on this bye week. I mean, just, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put it in perspective, and, and I, something something that I've been thinking about. I wonder, <clears throat> and I don't know if it's just just cut and run type of thing. Is there any way that that number gets changed because of what we're now hearing that's that Trev had to have known, right? Does that mm-hmm. stuff go into his contract as far as whatever it might be? Does that number change? I don't think it matters. I mean, those guys have way more money than me. I mean, I think they would have had to like point it out right then and there that they were doing it for cause. I, I okay. think that yeah, that's a good be. point, Rob. And I, and I, yeah. And I think, I think that um, from a legal standpoint, you know, and, and just, that just tells you maybe they were just like, you know what? Have a nice life, buddy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you'll mm-hmm. always be, you'll always be a Nebraska and you'll always be a brother, but you know, like enough is enough. And I, I just feel like that was kind of what happened. I, I remember leaving the Georgia Southern game and, and uh, my wife and I always like to reference her because she couldn't care less about football. Like, and and she, but she will go to these games with me and she she'll attend with me and she supports me one hundred and eighty nine percent. And 
it's funny because I we were walking out. I said, well, I said, I'm going to have to do a show tomorrow when we get home. And she said, why is that? And I said, because Frost is going to get fired while we're driving back from Lincoln, like from here to Colorado, mm-hmm. you know, from there to Colorado. And she said, you think so? And I said, oh, yeah. So <laughs> then I get a phone call before it's even like on Twitter or anything like that. Um, and I've talked about this already. I have her permission to bring it up. Oshan's mom called me. And oh, wow. She was bawling. I mean, she oh, was yeah. in tears. And she and it was like. And it wasn't because as much of Frost getting fired, but it was about the way that her son was in her. And for those listening, uh, it was the way her son reacted to it when he called. He was bawling, too, because he felt like he had let Scott down. Oh, because, wow. You know, and yeah. that was. Yeah. And so, Kenny, I'm just adding on to your point, you know, and and that and, and it's true. It's like we don't think about the human element enough. In, in these in these situations when these people get fired when these when these guys get fired I know for a fact too that that Carol Frost at the end of that game walked by the press booth at the end of the game and she was in tears and she just looked absolutely distraught as well and that's from the word of the mouth as one of the other redcasters because we had media passes they were up there game. in the press yeah, yeah and they said they saw Carol go by and that she just looked completely distraught as she was leaving that game you know and so there's just it's so much bigger than one person mm-hmm. and while you know while all these guys go on Twitter and they cuss out Scott and they say all these bad things about it there's like so much more to it that go into it that is mm-hmm. is gonna affect the team down the line right and yeah Kenny, you made a great point saying like you don't think a lot of these guys were over it and this bye week couldn't have come at a better time because it really what it is going to do is it's going to show the true character of a lot of these kids coming in because they made it about Nebraska when they got recruited, when they came off the transfer portal, everything. It was like about I'm here to play for Nebraska, right? And so did you, I think, should be the question, right? And and. I think against Indiana, if these guys don't come out with a fire lit under their ass, like nothing we've ever seen before, if they don't just kick the – I mean, they have the offensive team right now to put up 45 points on anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have yeah. – and, and the, all the defense has to do is let them score more than they score, right? And and we can do that. The offense could be our best defense at this point, and I thought it would be against Georgia Southern, but no. you know. So, I mean, it was almost like – there was a couple times at the end of the game where I was like, God, we scored too fast. Like, who yeah. says that? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, There's yeah. been a lot of times but, over those five years you know, that I thought we scored too damn fast. Yeah, and it's over, and, and I get it. Like, I'm all over the place a little bit here. But, and, but back to the human emotion of it is yeah. that, like, I think that um, I knew Georgia Southern was was either make or break for Scott. Like, And, yeah. and I also knew that, like, if they barely won that game, there's a, still a chance that he might have been fired. Mm-hmm. Like, And there was a reason why they gave Mickey the associate head coach name before the season even started. You know, the writing the writing could have been any more clear. It wasn't even writing. It was like your favorite building in the middle of downtown. You show up the next morning, and it's got a giant thing of graffiti over the top of it that says – last chance you know yeah. I mean? like, and everybody on every train coming to grand central station or or down to like you know uh union station in denver right like you're gonna see it when your train pulls up i mean yeah. it, it was it couldn't have been more obvious so i mean i think going into it this eight this eight game season that we're about to play I think it's going to show a lot of character for a, for a lot of these people. And like, I like to say, so I run trivia nights, usually why I can't join you guys right on Sunday nights. And, but I don't have it tonight because the donkeys are playing later on. And, <laughs> and, uh, and one of the things I say at the end of every single one of my trivias is, is um, cause we call it quiz. It's geeks who drink 
pub quiz. I say quiz does not build character, it reveals it. And it's from that old John, uh, from that mm -hmm. old uh, John Wooden saying where he used to say sports doesn't yep. build character, it reveals it. And I think that Scott's Frost firing isn't going to build character. It's going to reveal the player's mm -hmm. character, I think. And that and that's really what it's mm -hmm. going to come down to. And Mickey is saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He is, you know, mm -hmm. living his life the way he is. Priscilla has been staying off of Twitter for the most part because she is now the head coach's wife, you know. And so you can see that they have rallied, you know, this team and their, what, what, you know, so-called, uh, God, now I can't even think of the stupid thing, the, the, um, stage coaches, whatever it is around them, right? The Circling wagons. the wagons. They've circled the wagons around <laughs> these guys as their head coach. Man, I just hope that they show it all coming up out against Indiana. You know, she hasn't be... completely stayed off of Twitter. She well, no, did but ask she's for, for corn recipes. So she Scott, did. you'll yeah. you'll appreciate yeah. this that I told her about our macaroni cheese and corn that we eat at oh, Thanksgiving. Man. I, so I've got the best elote <laughs> recipe that you could possibly have, man. Oh, I live in I live in Greeley, Colorado. You want mm. you want any Mexican food recipes? Hit me up there. All right, bro. I will. I will absolutely do that when I'm done with this stupid diet in like five years. Oh, I can get you um, some diet food too. So, <laughs> um, well, hell, I'm under 180 pounds for the first time since my 30s. So I'm pretty damn happy. Uh, yeah. Uh, as Congratulations. A, as a, and I'm tall and skinny anyway, but it was all here, right in the front. <laughs> well, and I'm not, but that's just because I'm not skinny. I was going to say, I I'm, that, I'm, 100, I'm 178 pounds, but I'm. I'm I thought the same nine, thing. But, but I'm Jack. What can I say? You know, it's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> last, last night's game, I thought to myself, I have the same math metrics as Deuce Vaughn, you know, five, seven, <laughs> five, seven, one seventy, except the fact that his proportions are muscle. My proportions are Our not beer. Muscle. We'll just yeah. leave it. Well, beer is pretty much, yeah. Whatever the there weight is. in beer, that's what I Beer care, and so. bread. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Beer and I bread. Honestly, there's not a lot of bread anymore. It's just beer and, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> There's this guy I used to work Ryan. with. His name is uh, Ryan Benjamin. There, yeah, Brian's oh. just hanging out. Like he's just hanging. We look so far away in that you. corner, though. It's like I need to. I want to bring you in. And oh man, trust me, you don't want that thing any closer to this face at all. <laughs> I, was trust say, me. I got I got like some pretty cool Deadpool stuff. Right <laughs> there Dude, I'm telling you, Deadpool. Deadpool is oh. my guy. This thing actually talks too. So, oh, my favorite I've got, movies, I've got, both uh, of them. I've got a couple of uh, like Deadpool. Um, so Honky gets so mad at me on our show when I talk about comic book stuff, but I'm a, I'm a big shocker. Everything that's going on behind me, Brian, just in case you just in case you don't know or you haven't paid attention. This right here is every single file coming in here. Those are short boxes full of comics that I've got going on. Oh my god! And every man. single one of these, they're in alphabetical order. There's also some boxes. So, off so Brian, how do you think the last eight games of the season are going to go? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you want to base it on anything that we've seen so far, I don't think anybody has a damn clue. Yeah, I really don't. I mean, seriously, like you guys were talking about. Uh, these players knew that they were playing for Frost a job at the beginning of the season. You could see how tight they were all playing. And yeah. the hope was going into the Oklahoma game mm -hmm. that some of that stress would be released. They could play a little more free mm -hmm. and who knows, pull off an upset for the century. Well, they but, did for five minutes. Exactly. They went to shit. Absolutely. Williams shit. broke free. They all quit. It's like, what the I, fuck? don't even get me started on that damn play. I can't did, believe he what that, I thought. He did that to Kent State last night too, though. So I'm trying to find any way that I can kind of just lessen the <laughs> minimize yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, he did. Like, dude, I wasn't 
you watch the you watch a Husker game with a different mindset, right? We all we all mm-hmm. do. Right. Watching that game last night, and I'm like, damn, that kid is good. Like he he's got a quick release. He his first couple of steps, he's like, oh, and now here I am. Like he was a lot like Adrian freshman year again. Now I just cry mm-hmm. because it it was it was there, and that's the big thing, and that's why we're we're where we are right now. Um, and Brian didn't mean to jump in there, but oh it's, no. He didn't get to he didn't get to fulfill what what Adrian could have been. And we also got to talk about Deuce Vaughn. I, I mean that running Damn. back for Kansas State. Seriously, I got Barry Sanders vibes I, from that kid. Oh, the one, oh they showed the end zone view on one, and it was two 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 times two times, and it was you're right though. Just squint you your eyes a little him. bit, see a little see a little silver and black. I got to I got to go down yep. to a Husker Oklahoma State game. And Sanders was playing down in Stillwater, wow. and I mean that's so. I'm just going to put this out there, Ken. Ken, I'm just assuming you and I are close. I know for a fact that Kenny and I are about <laughs> the same age because when he played and I was down there, I think so. I got you by a couple years, brother. But say, yeah, that's, that's all right. But those are the those. You know, we're talking Peyton, right? We're talking yeah. Sanders. We're talking Thurman Thomas. Oh. Uh, you know, mm, we, didn't call, days, we didn't call it. We didn't call it. I know this is mm. almost getting like porn right now, but. It's Hardly not, dice. It's, oh god. Yeah, it's and it, we didn't we didn't call it a jump cut back then. It was just just they made ankle breaker. Move. Like it, well, yeah, it was just it was a that's juke. How you, that's how you ran though. It was like, a juke it, move. It was, yeah, it was a juke oh, move. Do you guys remember a kid out of a well back in the day, University of Pacific out of California out in Stockton had a kid that played for them right before they I think they disbanded their football program and it was right before uh Nebraska played them back in like ninety or 94 so there was a there was a kid right before there his name was ryan benjamin and he was a uh he was a running back mm-hmm. for them but he was an all-purpose back right and he he's actually a, a friend of mine I, I worked with him in santa rosa uh california for a while and and you know he was he was living out there that's where his wife is from and and uh I was talking with him because I was like, Oh my God, like he was the all purpose yard leader in the nation the year that he graduated. And he was, mm-hmm. he was basically an undrafted free agent to the Bengals. And he ended up playing special teams and doing some punt returns and kick returns. If he was a back today, he would have been like the premier guy out of the backfield catching passes in the, yeah. in the West coast mm-hmm. offense. But when he graduated pretty much Bill Walsh was still the only one running the, the West coast yeah. offense back then. So you know, yeah. it's just it's just too bad. Like you know, you 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 think of some of these guys, and and Sanders was like something special. He came mm. after that, but Benjamin had that mm. all-purpose yards leader in college football for Division One for a couple of years before Barry came around. There's there's no better highlight reel on YouTube than Barry Sanders at the Detroit Lions. Oh, no man. better highlight reel. Uh, does anybody dude, remember a yeah, video? Ahead, anybody remember a VHS tape from way back in the day called NFL Rocks? Yes. yes. Uh, I've got a Sports Illustrated, all these things. Yeah. Oh, I've got them in a box. Yeah. Four minute video on Barry Sanders alone. And it's yeah. this remixed of calls of him making moves. It's ridiculous. I based the way I ran in football off the way he did. I mean, it was ridiculous. That's hilarious. The, um, it reminds me of those like that. Like that was like the same time as like the NBA videos, right? Where it's like <laughs> yeah. you've got like Sean Kemp and Michael Jordan and uh, you know all those guys. Like what was that guy from Cleveland that was well with all their slam dunks and everything? LeBron James, yeah. Robert? Yeah. No, no, this was this was long before <laughs> LeBron James. There was a Larry Nance. Larry Nance. Larry Nance, and but there was another guy too. That, His son's that on the Bulls, isn't he? Younger. 
Mm-hmm. He used to be. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was. Where'd he go? Like Kentucky or Kansas or somewhere like that. Yes, yesterday was the ana- Yep. Yesterday was the anniversary of Vince Carter dunking in the Olympics oh. over the. I can't think what team it was, but it was that dude. They transitioned. They they intercepted a, an outlet pass, and he just went over, and he just yeah. like over, and it was you know crotch shot well, over the. Uh, just, like like were, uh, here we here we go again. But things were better back then. Kenny, can you yes. uh, sports? Yes. Things were better back then. I mean, so Kenny, let's talk about because I don't really want to talk about what Mickey Joseph has in front of him for the next eight weeks. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the end of that Missouri game, dude. You played a huge role in going down the field. What was it like? Were you nervous? Were you? Crazy scared. Did you, I, I think you made what three or four pretty big time catches, four. didn't you? No, actually, actually, Ken, we weren't surprised by that game. And I've said this on a, a on a riff and raft with AD. Um, hmm. Prior to that game, if you guys can recall, in '97, um, I missed the Akron game. Um, preseason, oh, right. we're, we're running plays. I'm blocking down the field, and Macavicka rolled up on the back of my ankle. Oh, damn, so I, I was high, there. I remember that. So I had a high ankle sprain, and at the same time, I had a quad strain. So that whole year in 97, that's why I wouldn't start some game or miss some games, is because I had a quad strain that started from the back of the knee and went all the way up into my hip by the orange <clears> bowl. Like, I was getting cortisone shots, like, every game and some. I had to – Coach Osborne would hold me out. I still have to – because it would build a scar tissue, and then it would just strain right. to the next spot and go all the way up. So – Coach Osborne called that game in summer in mm-hmm. fall camp. He literally said, uh, we're going to go undefeated. Our closest game is going to be against Missouri. You know, he says Missouri. Oh, <laughs> he, said, he said against Missouri. Missouri, yeah. He said, um, <laughs> he said, we know their quarterback is good. They mirror our offense. Yep. They mirror our defense. So it's going to be as if we're playing against ourselves. So we knew going into it what it was going to be like. But if I'm correct, I think we may have played Oklahoma or someone before, and he pulled me out of the game, and he said, I'm pulling you out. We're going to need you next week. He said, the game is going to come down to you, and first in first one or two plays, I'm going to try to get you into the game to send them a message. He said, because they can't do anything with you. Right. He said, but the game is going to come down to you. Hmm. So at the end of the game, I was like, he called it. Let me go out here and do what my coach asked me to do. So a lot of those routes I caught on the, that were low, they were deeper. But, hmm. you know, you always hear when you watch the NFL and college, what a receiver should have cut it off earlier to get the ball, you know, that type stuff. That was processing when we were lining up. Hmm. And if you go back to the film and watch the game, you can see Missouri coach saying, watch number six number six if you look he looks my way first but they had another guy over there and then that's when he goes back to the back side because the call was to our my side so it you know we weren't nervous about we were more we knew after the game immediately oh they're gonna find a way to jump us in the post that was our thought believe it or not we weren't up we were like they're gonna find a way to put michigan because they want them to get the championship Try oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. Anyone um, else have anyone else have chills listening to that and seeing it? Kenny, I, mean, I, I have to make a confession. I did not see the end of that game. 
<laughs> Did you leave and turn um, like everyone else? No, 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 no. I was living in Arizona. Scott might remember this. He was about two or three years old that year. <laughs> um, I was living in Arizona. We were part of a really big church down there, and they were doing a church plant out in East Mesa, and we were going to be part of that. So they'd always have prayer meetings on Saturday evenings at like 6 o'clock or oh. 4 o'clock or something Arizona time. So there I am listening. <laughs> I watched the first half at a local Husker bar, and I didn't drink because I'm like, well, you can't pray and have beer on your breath. So <laughs> um, so I come home, and I'm listening to it in earbud. You remember them old school foam Oh, yeah. little, oh my you God. Put on your head with the foam on them that bit into your ear after about right. 42 <laughs> seconds. Um, I had figured out how to take the element out of that and stick it in my ear so nobody could see it except for the wire. And I had it going down the back of my shirt, whole nine yards, till the wife noticed it and said, turn that off. <laughs> Just as we're walking into the prayer meeting, that was when they punted back to you guys and you were going to have to go on that last drive. So I had no idea how that <laughs> game turned out until I got home that night, like three and a half hours later. And I couldn't believe it. That was back when you had modems, right? You, you mm -hmm. dialed up to the internet and you heard the, you know, 56 K baud modem. I mean, I thought <laughs> I was the bees freaking knees back then. And it took 10 10 minutes for the internet to load and I'm looking, I'm like miracle in Missouri. What the fuck are they talking about a miracle in Missouri? Right? So yeah. Then I watched the video and I was like, Holy cow, this is something else. I can't believe I missed this. And then I got mad at my wife and she looked at me and she goes, do you really want to be pissing God off right now? Yeah. yeah and like, I think God would have nope. understood, man. I, yeah, I, I uh, think, well, check this yeah. out. My parents was leaving the game. Oh, shit. oh no. <laughs> Oh, no they way. Were leaving, they were leaving the game. And my mom said to her, catch by cheating. We were like, what? And she said they all started trying to run back. So they missed the last part of it. They missed all of oh, it. Damn. Oh, damn. They were like, yeah. oh, my God. They, they, they're they going to lose this game. And so she yeah. said they started leaving, pissed <laughs> off. And then she, and she started hearing that over the thing. And then she heard the Oh, man. Like, the hell? And come back and come in to find out. I said, oh, you missed it. I said, what a, what, a, what a good supporter you are. Told her in my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ma. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing as a Husker uh, fan. Never leave early. I mean, seriously. It. I was at the 2015 Michigan State game, and I was there with three other friends. Mm -hmm. They decided to take off with, I think it was like six minutes or five minutes left. We were down 12. I'm like, I'm sticking around, guys. This ain't over. And we all know what happened. I mean, granted, yeah, yeah, we got one to go our way, but it <laughs> is what happens. it is. See, the, the the issue though is I was I was a freshman in college in '95 down on campus, and there was a lot of other things going on that were probably way more important than Huskers. But we had the <laughs> we had the luxury of those teams, right? Mm -hmm. So we could leave. We could sometimes leave at halftime and come back in. Other times we could leave at halftime because it was like you might as well just get the party started. Because you knew what was going to happen, we're talking fourth, fifth, sixth stringers playing the fourth, fifth, you know, fourth quarter. Yeah, and so leaving early then completely no big deal. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel guilty about it, and you know, and then it was the moment, Halloween ish, 
Texas loss, Ricky Williams, you know, that whole thing. And you stay, but those are the games you're staying for anyway. But it's not, you know, mm-hmm. but that, oh, was that was that much. That's the, and that's the, yeah, probably. Could have been 98. I was at yeah, that game. 98. Yeah. We were up behind it? the band. Yeah. I'm telling you what, the, the, the feel of the stadium was so eerie. It was the first loss at home. And yeah. I don't know Since the 91. Number. Yeah. 40 I mean, it just, some games, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And it's just, you, you get that, but you knew it was bound to happen, you know, and, and things like that. But that's, and I know we talked about this last week on art and I talked about it's the process people, people lament yeah. and people will say, don't talk about the nineties. Don't talk about the nineties. Don't talk. But guess, can you tell me if I'm wrong? There was a process to the nineties, right? And the process equals production. And it wasn't, it wasn't who you had necessarily. It was what you did with what you had. It was Amen. the structure of the practice. It was the structure of, Here's the deal. You're now held accountable by these guys. I've, I've said this before. We were freshmen, sophomores. We crossed the street on O Street because we did not need to or want to walk face to face with the Peter brothers. I mean, that's just how you that's how it was. And that's no. But that's but there was, a, there was a feel. No, there was a feeling. Right. There was a there was an aura. There was a yeah. a methodology to what you guys were doing. And there's nothing wrong with getting that back right now. Right. I think a lot of guys, I think I saw someone say something on Twitter the other day. They were saying, oh, they always, it's it's funny to me that everyone, not you guys, but people always say, oh, everybody wants Nebraska of the 90s. No, we want Nebraska of the 70s. We want Nebraska <laughs> of the 80s. And we want Nebraska of the 90s. Stop. I'll take 2000. I'll take 2001, 2002. Stop putting us, stop yeah. putting, it, it infuriates me. Stop putting us just in the 90s. Yeah. Because you've been blatantly disrespectful to the teams in the seventies and the teams in the eighties. It was Recent forty years mm-hmm. of handing people their asses. So, excuse my language, but when they say no, you're good. As a nineties player, gets offended because you're omitting the score and explosion and all those great teams they had in the in the eighties, and you're omitting the seventy and seventy one team and all those teams they had in the seventies. So mm-hmm. you're just saying, oh, I three championships, but you're omitting all these great teams for forty years. We were the Amen. bar of college football, period, point blank. There's no other way you can say it. We built programs. We built Miami. We built Florida State. <laughs> we're the reason pretty much the Orange Bowl, <laughs> I mean, the Fiesta Bowl is here because ASU success they had, you know, a couple times beating Nebraska. So we built a lot of stuff in college football. That's why a lot of people are envious and, and they have a slight jealousy or a little hatred toward. They love the seeing us down. So, you know, the 90s thing, yeah, yeah, there was a certain way we went, but that was based off the guys in the 80s. That was based off the guys in the 70s. Put us all in there. So, you know, without them, there wouldn't have been us with that blueprint. Right. Coming from Coach Devaney in the 60s. You see what I'm saying to this championship? Mm -hmm. So that's that's a long run. That's why it's 40 years. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Whoever whoever the next – yeah. And whoever the next coach is, you just said it right there, Kenny. Has to create a, has to make a blueprint, has to find a blueprint of what's going mm-hmm. to be. I don't care. I don't care if it's the wing T or the running a veer. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever they can be successful at, you mm-hmm. recruit to that, you recruit to that scheme, you recruit to that system, you get the coaches that know what they're doing and guys that are, are wanting to play. I keep thinking about, I think Brian was talking about earlier, just the defense coming out and, um, you know, showing up in angles and stuff. It's, it's one of those like, okay, now I'm thinking 
from yesterday, um, whomever the player from Ohio State was wearing the 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 fancy cleats. Um, I'm showing my age oh, right now. And Marvin then, Harris Jr. Yeah, and then had the had the eye watch on right while he was playing, and they eventually had to take it off. But I'm thinking right now what the Huskers have to do. It's that image of I'm taking rings off, I'm taking necklaces off, I'm telling my buddy to hold this, I'm holding yep. my phone, and it's because it's go right. It's scrap time. They've got to get after it, and it's got to be more than just. It's just, you know what, make a mistake, but just make the mistake at 100 miles an hour. Hit somebody, tackle somebody, get a foul, whatever it is. But the thing that sticks with me, maybe I can't imagine I'm the only one, but that whole thing of no fear of failure, right? Right. Just Mm -hmm. the apprehension, the skittishness, the just, ah, and now all of a sudden here's where they're at. I think guys got to. Because you you're now at the point though where we're going to see second teamers more often, right? They have to yep. go out there mm-hmm. and just play. Is that a yeah. is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing. Right. Yeah. At, at some I'd point, say good. Some point you have to let your your pride kick in because they, I mean, like I said, we have to be honest. We live in a generation where there's so so much more access to look at the kids, criticize the kids, and all this. But we have to under, do understand. I tell I tell people all the time, those are kids. I got to Nebraska. I was 17. Mm-hmm. I was 17. They still call me young Ken. Ken C. <laughs> I was seven. I was literally 17. My birthday was in during tour days. We reported earlier because we had to kick off classic that year in 94. I was 17. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So West Virginia. They were like, mm-hmm. you're only 17. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they were like freshmen. They were like 19, 18 going on 19. I'm like, well, you guys must have flunk kindergarten or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, Kenny, Kenny, it's called in, in 2022, parents call it red shirting their, their, their kids. So <laughs> they have, they yeah. Get an advantage on the sport. I'm not even joking. Like, you're uh, right yeah. like the ages, yeah. it's called red shirting in kindergarten. It's, I'm like, hey, man, you just had the color between the lines. How did you mess that up? I mean, that's not hard. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, at some point, kicked in. You know, I know a lot of times. I hate to say it, but I have to say it. You don't want the criticism. Stay off social media. Don't look on social media. Don't have a social media page. Yeah. But you obviously want the attention. That's why you're on there and you're doing the things that you do. You're posting everything that you do. Oh, thank you, Coach. I uh, got this offer at this job. Oh, look at this. Oh, it's game time. Look at us. We're about to do this. You're putting it out there so when people are going at you, you know, expect it. But yep. I, I just say to the kids, you know, which goes back to that, they have so much emotionally invested in Coach Ross, like we had in Coach Osborne and our coaching staff. Yeah. That goes back to that week when he was let go. Boom. That's that's a gorilla on your chest. Then who knows what the defense players have with EC? You know, their, their connection to him. Boom. That's yeah. another gorilla on your chest. Okay, this was the week. <laughs> to push that gorilla off your chest and man up. So, but I mean, yep. Nebraska is Nebraska, like I said, and hate it or love it, guys, not us, but new players, future players, you're going to be compared to the 40 years of dominance that we had. Let's not even bypass Polini's team. Let's not bypass Coach Solage's team. They were nine and four. Even mm-hmm. though they weren't in the big championship game, they were nine and four. Mm-hmm. So every year, not that far removed of winning nine games, being in, you know, nine win teams. We what was missing was the dominance and the bad losses we had taken mm-hmm. hurt, you know, the Nebraska image and I, I would say brand on that. But nine win teams, there have been some statues 
I tell people all the time, your, your school will have statues of that coach. He went nine, nine games for five, six, seven years in a row. You have seven streets after him. You have a drink, a soda, a burger, a shot. Who <laughs> 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 guys for that? You know, we're ter- they're terminating guys maybe for that. But I'm just you, you know? just described everything in Iowa City, Kenny. You just described everything <laughs> yeah. in Iowa City. <laughs> Brian, you got anything to add to this discussion, dude? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, everything that's going on with the program, I just want to see us get back to it. I mean, I really don't care how it's done. I Personally, I don't think the way we used to be in the 70s, 80s, 90s, that style of football was not going to work here anymore. So we need a right. complete overhaul once again just like what happened when Callahan came in yeah I don't know if anybody remembers what the tunnel walk looked like when Callahan was here holding up a blueprint for Nebraska football what a shitty blueprint that was (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to worry you can drop an f-bomb on our show man uh, I don't I don't normally but yeah there are certain (laughs) times yeah it was the shittiest blueprint I'd ever seen in my life now as far as far as a blueprint coming in I mean, look, it's going to be completely different. I like the way Mickey's talking. He's slowing down the offense. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they need to do. You need to give that defense time to rest. And for God's sake, let the sons of bitches fucking just go out there and do something and make a play. Turn them loose. Yeah. Could you guys imagine this this offense with last year's defense? Mm. (sighs) We need to be here. Second we, time we've we, had that in a decade, whereas, like, if you were to take the 2010 <laughs> offense and put it with the 2009 yeah. defense, like, God, we've always we've always had this weird One or the other overlap. is really good. Yeah. yeah. We, we like totally, that's, that's all I've known. We totally which, flipped the switch, and I'm sure you all can agree, because what I said last year, I literally counted one series. Uh, I think me and Brian talked about it on the podcast. I think we ran three plays in the matter of about – 35, 45 seconds with the yeah. the defense was back on the field. Yep. So mm. now we have the offense, but we don't have the defense. And I know mm-hmm. it's hurting. It's right. That was good. Brian, that was, we all did, yeah. and it's sickening because we're like, it's not making sense. How do we regress so badly? Did those yeah. two players or three dispute? Um Deontay Dolan Williams, Williams. Dolan was a big loss. Yeah. Um, Tanner, much of a that we would regress that much. Yeah. And it's, it's just mind blowing. It's just boggling because how we saw Georgia State going up and down the field was like, oh my God. And then the Oklahoma's, but we, let's, 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 let's X that one out because we understand what happened. I mean, I. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting. That's why I said I'm watching the game today. I didn't even watch it. We've two preseason games this year, at least. But the Georgia Southern one, the <laughs> Illinois one, I'm still in the haze, like Rob said. Who said it? Was that you, Rob? That said it earlier. You're still trying to figure out the Illinois game. Yeah, yeah. Northwest. Yeah, yeah. You're still trying I was at the Illinois game. Yeah, I was Illinois No, I'm still trying to get through North Illinois last year when they yeah. said, "Oh, they had a different. They had an odd number front. What were we going to do? What the? Hey, hey, just." Fitz, let me tell you, I was at that game and I was sitting three rows off uh, behind Illinois' bench, and I was I was probably and I and I shit you not, I was probably me, Honky, and Mac were twenty feet away um, when uh, 
no god now all of a sudden i'm because i'm i'm horrible with names but when he when he stepped back into the end zone catching that that, that brit yeah, oh, yeah when when he when he caught when he caught the kickoff and stepped back in the end zone and i was yelling from the sideline don't catch it because i could see him like looking like he was about to catch it and i was yelling don't catch it don't catch it let it go let it go i was yelling that from less than 20 feet away and Still, to my, it just blows my mind, and, and I was thinking, like, oh my god, where's the mm-hmm. discipline with this team? Like, that's that's a simple football play right there. That's the sort of thing that that you know, I could probably tell my 15 year old who's never played it down a football, and if I t- I could just tell him, like, hey, if the ball's within the 10 yard line and it's kicked off to you like that, don't ca- and, and don't catch it. You know, what I mean, like, talk that yeah. in. Kiwi football. Yeah. Heels on yeah. the ten. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Stand on the stand. Your heels are on the ten. If it goes past, if the golf ball goes behind you, you it's leave. Be it. what it's gonna be. And you run. You run the opposite direction from the ball. Get away from the ball. No. No. Let's it. just catch it. Step into the end zone and then throw it out of bounds. Let's just do that. Let's go ahead. Just for it. I got Fritz. it. Well, I was gonna say I got a question for Scott. You're the youngest <laughs> one here. Hello, Scott. How are you? What Young. is this? What are? How old are you? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. That's kind of again. <laughs> no shit. I know so much more and can drink so much more. I mean, I, I would have been I would have been amazing at that time. I would have been like hey, that girl at uh, Maryland. No, the girl on Twitter the other day from Maryland who was standing on a table, crushed the beer oh, against her it. forehead, open it, drank it. Like she's homecoming queen. She's my hero. Like she can come be our nanny, whatever she needs to do. So um, but what is this? What is this like for you? Because obviously you understand where we we're coming from. Your dad, of course, you know, growing up through it. I can I can remember Husker moments from being a kid, just like I'm sure you can. But those are obviously different. How do you connect to this team? How do you keep the resiliency and I guess the fandom? Because I use the example of being Good around question. kids, being around kids. And in Omaha, College World Series and stuff, and I was a teacher for a long time, kids would come in and it's a different hat after a Super Bowl every year, right? Like you just had a Saints hat on, and then now this year you're wearing the Bengals cap or whatever it might be. But the hats, you know, a lot of Texas fans became because of the College World Series. How did you stay a Husker fan, and what do you – what does it mean to you as a – you know, you're at a different generation than we are, i.e. we're old. Brian, you might be in this boat too. I, I, think I am. You look – you look uh, about I, what, 33, 34? I, I wish. I'm 40. Oh, wow. Good for you. See, that's I need to back my camera up. Do I look younger? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. You put that camera back a little farther, man. It just nobody can tell. Nobody I'm gonna go stand in the other room. I'm gonna go stand in the room then. How old do you guys think I am? That's what I'm curious. 72. That's pretty fucking close. I'll be honest I, with you. I was gonna that's say about 35. 37, Rob. I am 48 years old. What? Yeah, I know. I, uh, me too. I, what can I, I what can I say, man? I, 38, 39. 40, 48, 45, Kenny. 46, just turned 46 there, and all. Yeah, happy, yeah, happy birthday. Say, I, uh, we go. I was, uh, yeah, because I was already out of college. Let's see. I, I finished college in 96. Oh, okay. my God. So, yeah, so, and that was at a small, I, I went to a small liberal arts school in uh, Northern California called Sonoma State. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Larry Allen when was there. He was there when I was there at the same time. So um, we had one Hall of Fame football player. Figured that was it, and they canceled the program. On <laughs> top, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like the year after he left, they they disbanded the program. And wow, that? yeah. like, well, Dude, that's our we're, ceiling. 
much like Nebraska is a volleyball school, we were a soccer school anyway. So mm. we, uh, yeah, we had we had national championships in men and women's soccer. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Scott. Yeah, how do you do? How do you do it? Like you haven't seen what we've seen, right? I mean, I I wasn't around in '71, but I was close enough. To, you know, you start to hear it, and the way the effort you had to put in to watch games in the early '80s in a neighborhood, somebody's garage, one TV that you know, something like that. How do you? How are you doing it right now? And and people your age. All right. So number one, I do credit my dad. Um, he did a he did a really good job. Um, watched. VHS videos all the time growing up. Uh, <laughs> extra points. 95 extra, national championship videos. Yeah. Bonus points. Yeah. Bonus points. You can make him cry. Go ahead. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of that. And then <laughs> there was, there wasn't much of like, you know, we didn't really have cable. So we got to watch whatever prime time game was on, on the, on the top three medias. And so I loved football growing up. I thought it was fun. I'd play with the neighborhood kids. And all I knew was that the Cornhuskers were the greatest goddamn team on planet Earth. And that was that's how I was raised. And as I kind of grew up and grew more, you know, I, I have vague memories of, okay, Bill Callahan's hired. My dad's pissed. Um, and, <laughs> and... And then I start, you know, dad just starts talking about, you know, he's on like this Husker form and he's like, we're getting this recruit. We're getting this recruit. We're getting this guy. We're plugging this guy in like, and I'm just listening. I'm just in the background listening. And, so you know, good. there was the name Indomitian Sue that I just couldn't figure out how to say for a year or two. <laughs> and, and it just, it, it just slowly, but surely I started to just understand the illustrious history of Husker football notably because my dad was so pissed off all the time that we sucked and and I wanted to know why I wanted like I was just like what you know we're the greatest team ever so I was watching every single game with this like ignorant understanding that we were just supposed to win all of these games and and so we just we lost and we lost and then we won and then we won and it was just this back and forth back and forth and and I just, it's just this idea, this idea of of, of a blueprint and a, and a fundamental Husker power, and, and and what made the greatest like four decades of college football history a possibility was exactly what you guys were describing earlier. Mm-hmm. It's it's not necessarily the X's and O's. It's it's what's in between the two shoulder pads on an individual basis. What's going on in their heads? And what do they think about themselves? What do they think about the team? What do they think about the culture? What do they think about every single tiny little nuanced decision that they make? That's what made Cornhusker football amazing. And what Nick Saban replicated and, yeah. you know, Nick Saban sat in the office with Tom Osborne and was like, how are you doing this? How, how have you how have you sustained this level of success? And was like, well, this is this is what I did. And Nick Saban took with it and, and ran with it and adopted an Alabama team that was down in the dumps for about 20 years and made them an absolute double dynasty. They had Bear Bryant and then they moved moved to Nick Saban and, and he revitalized that program and brought them back to. An, an, an insane level of proficiency. You mean and, Nebraska? I mean, uh, are, you, are you trying to tell me that, that 
that they haven't always been good down there in Alabama? <laughs> yeah, isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy? They kind of they kind of sucked for a while there. Were they were they were they three and nine? Were they one and you know one and three? Were they ever for quite like, a few years? Yeah, they I were mean, bad. They, they not, were really takes, bad. Years, it they takes, were the, just it takes the right coach. Yeah. It takes the Scott right just said a lot of stuff that. I think people underestimate when they come when they hear you guys and us and talking about the culture. Alabama yeah. has a culture. Oh yeah, that is identical to Nebraska. Clemson has a culture that is identical mm-hmm. to that of Nebraska. People have to understand how we were held accountable by everyone who played in that locker room before us. Yeah. We could have easily omitted anyone except the 70 and 71 team criticizing us that played in that uniform. But out of respect and the culture, we knew the work that they put in to get that program what it was. We weren't doing something right. One of them said, hey, Ken, you need to do ABCD. Okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, oh, man, they trying to live off here. You get what I'm saying? So when yeah. your yeah, dad yeah, is yeah. Bad, he understand because he's seen that culture. It was nothing for them to call us when we didn't play well. <laughs> so, like, I've heard some, yeah. I've heard some stories too about like guys from from your era too, where it wasn't always peachy keen, where everything wasn't always like you know sunshine and and rainbow, you know, unicorn farts. It was like, you know, that not there wasn't a single player on any of those teams that didn't at one point like think about transferring, right? Like, or, yeah. or leaving the program and to had to be sat down. You know, I mean, I that's, to out of school twice. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like in every single every single player back then, and and God, I can't imagine what it would have been like with the transfer portal the way it is today, right? You know, and it's right. funny you guys are talking about VHS tapes, tapes, and I've got these three games. I'm Kenny. I'm assuming you're on them. One of them is the uh, December 31st Orange Bowl in '96. Yeah. Um, again, how often do you get to play two two uh, bowl games in the same year, too? Right? Because the other I'm one was right. on uh, January 2nd against Florida. And then the Colorado game uh, in November of that year, right? November 29th wow. and 96. So I've got all those on VHS right here. Man. I just need a DVD or a DVD player. I need a VHS player to play them on. So <laughs> hey, yeah, Rob, yeah. but that yeah. goes to – and Kenny, what you were saying, those guys, you were upholding the standard that had been set, right, and to that point where you get what you tolerate. The former players, your coaches, your teammates weren't tolerating anything, but – the other side of it is early to mid eighties, Tom Osborne recognized with his coaching staff, Hey, we're going to all these bowl games, but we just can't compete in certain positions. So what did they do? They got faster at corner, right? They got, you know, different, different stuff like that. I just, I haven't seen, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it with a different lens, but I haven't seen a coach yet other than Pelini did it for the big 12, but it hasn't happened yet in the big 10 of finding the types of bodies, finding the types of players. They got a little bit, felt like they got closer last year, felt like they were okay this year, and now it's the coaching part of it. I think that's the big part that's missing is that the culture, the the standard, what the expectation is never changed from Nebraska from 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s. But the recognition of the coach to say, you know what, here's where we're getting beat. So let's bring in playmakers like yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in bigger, faster, stronger corners because it's not mm-hmm. just run, you know, three yards on a cloud of dust anymore. And that's what I, I know this is a long way to, but 
that's kind of what I'm hoping for the next coach because yeah, we know it, it, we know what can be. And it's right. not Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a bad few years, and guess what? Stoops brought them back to the promised land. Alabama yep. was down, and they had the right coach, and guess what? Their first five-star, Julio Jones, and then all of a sudden he brings a couple more. That name, that production, and now look where they're at. It doesn't. Dude, Michael Booker looks like he could still play. Book, you know what man. I mean? Like I, I saw that guy just Book was a bad still looks like he could play. I mean, those are the type of guys we need for the team. Yeah, I, I, yeah. like for me, it was for me what I see personally. Um because I know everyone talks about like bodies and stuff like like you said, fits for the size of the players in the conference. I one of the weak points for me, not saying that it's the players, I would like to see us have that monster in the middle at backer and those hybrids on the corner mm-hmm. that that one that could have been a big safety was fast enough to play linebacker that can cover mm-hmm. uh, to me at times we look like the I'd said the old Nebraska a little slow at foot and yep. the linebacker that when we're playing Miami and Florida State in that bowl game and that's getting exposed you know what I mean yeah, um, yeah. secondary has been getting guys um this year they just need to refocus, like I've said on our podcast, stop all that yapping and, and show us more than telling us which, what you're going to mm-hmm. do because you're getting scorched. The numbers show it. We're not making it up. Um, but our biggest, as we all can attest to as Nebraska fans, um, myself as a former player, but I am a fan, we haven't seen the animals that we were used to on that front four. Yeah, that is a Nebraska staple going back what 50 years at least that you can yep. point to even over 50 years and say, Boom, we saw the nastiness as a lineman as he got better. Cam Jurgens got extremely good, but that viciousness we haven't seen that as far as on the lineman, the nastiness, the, the bullies, you know, the bully. Hey, you know what you expect when you got to play Nebraska in their O line. That's what it is. And that defensive line, going back to that, you know, you know how many legends played on that line that, that Damn. in conversations from <laughs> before we were born? Yeah. 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 yeah on, no doubt. I mean, you look at some of that and you look, oh, oh Hall of Fame, because that's so and so. That's the one you used to talk to me at. That's, <laughs> you know, but there was a, there was a, get who you were talking to, you know, and, yeah, you know, Jacobson. Oh, let's, oh God, that's hell, he was more almost more heralded than Glover. You know what I mean? You sit in there, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, it's humbling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It humbles you, but we haven't had that. I would say what Gregory that we had a monster where you just said, Oh, you got one. You know what I mean? You really you got one. Yeah. But Sue, of course, is who he is. That's but I mean as that end, but as those people where you say it's gonna be suppression on their head. Yeah, and we were coming. Now we're like, oh, we got a sack. Whoa! Isn't I'm, that frustrating though? Because doesn't it seem like Mathis and Nelson have that in them to do Mathis that? But they does. just they they haven't. They've just they're they've got a chain on their ankle right now, and they can only go six feet in circumference. Yeah, I mean, they're right. not That's, letting them. They're not letting them go. And I'm hope. I'm wondering, maybe hoping, but is Bush? Does Bush just gonna say, turn them loose? What do we have to lose? What do we have to yeah. lose? Fuck it. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, love, I, love, I love Mathis's game. I said it better myself. Always Ken. there. Um, like we said, like I said, like a lot of stuff. I said he's not getting the sacks that he got at TCU, but 
he's disruptive. He's around the place. Mm-hmm. But if the others aren't helping him in that front, in the manner in which we would like for them to help mm-hmm. him, because they can focus on him because they know what he brings. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know what he brings. Hey, we know what this one is. If we keep the other ones at bay, we, we can we can kind of keep him where he's disruptive, but not doing being, being as disruptive as he could be. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard. That's hard to watch. We've all probably been saying it for the last what, four years, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. Rush. Yeah. Can, can, is it too so, much? Is it too much to ask for? I mean, I, I, this is going to be sarcasm, but is it too much to ask for a blitz? Is it too much to ask for a surprise <laughs> blitz? Is it too much to ask for the defensive lineman, maybe the, the ends coming in and sitting in that gap, right? Just to give a different look. I mean, it, it's flat out. All right, time to line up. Four, three, whatever it is, right? It's just there's no there's no tactic. It doesn't look like there's no. Well, when you when you're when your and corners the, are playing seven yards off the ball and you're playing a too high shell with the safeties, it's awfully hard to blitz. Well, and your linebackers and are seven or eight yards. Off. I'm just saying because they like, know it's but, coming. And they yeah. know they've got all that room in the middle of the field that they can hit. So, but and I, well, I, I get it. All of that, all of that depends on the initial pressure that those interior guys can give. That's where it has to That's stop. Why we're not going to have to worry about that too much against Indiana, though. You know, as far as like the passing game goes, too. So that's why I'm kind of excited to see what they might bring as far as the defense goes. Because <laughs> is this back you know, to Big, Big Twelve? Is this Big Twelve? It what's Carl Pelini days? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's going to be. It'll be an. Like I said, it'll be interesting against you know Rutgers too. You know what I mean? They aren't the best offenses either. One of those. I mean, so we'll see. Well, I, I can't believe I'm going to be at the Rutgers game. Right? I'm going out to New from Jersey. Colorado. You're going to New Jersey. I, I am. Well, my sister. So my li- sister lives about a different. 15 minute. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's They're weed legal everywhere, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my sister lives a 15 minute train ride from uh, from whatever, however you say it is that where Rutgers is at. So Piscataway, um, Piscataway, Piscataway. Yeah. Well, I better say that too because I I think I actually have a media pass. I think I actually have a media pass for that no game shit. too. And so, um, hey Rob, I'll send you a Google. Too. I'll send you a Google map. Don't don't drawer. worry if it sends you to Newark. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> oh, I've been to New, I've been to Newark Newark before. Uh, getting changing from one train to the other there to get yes, over on from to onto the path which takes you into new york city so i'm familiar <laughs> with the area pretty well and and yeah I, I have a media pass for that game so that's going to be a lot of fun because i'm going to go down and i'm going to try to broadcast from the field the night before the game and then uh because it's a night Damn. game on a friday right and then i'm going to i'm going to try to uh get over to the press conference to actually ask a question Okay. So um, yeah, see if you can hear cool. me or not on there. If I get to that point, that's Dave and Dave and Boomer didn't want to get to the press conference there, or at least ask a question there. I I'm going to have a list prepared. So if anyone wants to send me a question to ask coach Joseph in the press conference after the Rutgers game, win or lose, I'm more than happy to take submissions for that. And I made on Twitter, your DM yeah. on Twitter. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Just just send it over to me. DM or just or like throw it just out send it and send it to Hockey. He'll get it. Send it to Hockey. He'll DMs. get it to Rob. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah, just tag 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 the Go Big Redcast and and uh, just mention me and don't don't throw my Twitter name on there or anything. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Rob. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Kenny, hey, Ryan. I can't. Kenny, oh. I got a question for you. Uh, I got um, one after. Real quick. Do you think today's players coming out of high school 
can ever get back to the point where they understand what it meant to be accountable and be that level of player that Nebraska needs. They figured it out at LSU a couple years ago, a few years ago. They've obviously figured it out at Alabama for the last, what, 15 years Mm -hmm. since Saban has been there. Do you think we can bring a coach in or Mickey or whoever it's going to be can can convince dudes to come here and do – what you guys did back in the day, which the blueprint for success is still the same. The offense doesn't have to be the same. Hell, the defense doesn't have to be be the same. But the blueprint should be work hard, hold each other accountable, and stop with this shit. You know, when you make a play on defense as a defensive back, meanwhile, the fucking team's dropping 600 yards on you. <laughs> You know, do we have guys now that we could recruit that are going to be willing to submit themselves to the team? Fuck me. I don't care about me. I want to submit myself to the myself to the team. Do you think there's kids out there that are willing to do that? I think there are. And and I'll and I'll explain it. We we are living in the me generation. Like I said, with all the stuff, look at me, everything's so accessible. Look at this. I call a lot of these young people, young kids walking emojis because a lot of. (laughs) Yeah. Can't even hold a conversation because they text and, you know, the emojis and all this stuff so much and half spelling words and all of this that you really get them. They're not really as social as they could be. But I think to have that with this environment that you just described, Ken, you would need a person like a Nick Saban. Um, I'm saying this other name because. I know people are throwing in the media, but the type of the a-hole coach, the Saban, the, yeah. the, the what's my buddy, the, the, the crazy uh, Urban Meyer. Oh. I'm just throwing the name, but don't I'm, don't put it in the coaching. I'm just saying that type of, it ain't about you. This is yeah. what it's about. Because Nick Saban don't play. You saw what he yelled at some boys after that Texas game when he was going across that field. He went, but look, don't, da, 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 da. they know yeah. better. Don't hear them. Remember the one D lineman was talking stuff about Kyler Murray a few years ago? Yeah. Um, and yeah. he nixed that. That's what you need because you know what? That's in. It ain't about you. It's about the team. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about his guys. Now you hear about some of them doing foolish stuff after they leave and go to the NFL. But mm-hmm. while they're there. Why you got to hit on the Raiders like that? <laughs> <laughs> I did it on purpose. Why <laughs> You know what I mean? You don't hear about that individual. Right. It's about roll tide, and this is what we're playing for. We're here for championships. When we entered Nebraska, yeah. we were playing for championships. We yes, weren't hoping to win. We weren't saying, oh, maybe this. No, we expected to win. We were, it, it was championship or bust. That's what he has. So those guys, you can't get them. What coach would be able to handle them? You know what it's, I mean? Uh, well, And that's what's painful for me, Kenny, as a guy that – drove to frickin' Wood River from Grand Island back in the early 90s to watch Scott Frost play. Mm. And I thought when he came here that that was going to come back. Mm. I thought the accountability was coming back. I thought the whole idea that team above individual was coming back. And then four and a half years of it, I'm like, where the fuck's the accountability? There's none. Some of these kids need tough love, but a lot of them aren't willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach Osborne didn't have to give us tough love, but we respected him so much that we didn't want to let him down. Yeah. Coach McBride gave tough, tough love, but they respected him so much that they didn't want to let 
him down and the defensive coaches down. You had a guy like Coach Samuel give you the sharpest back. Everybody well respect. Everybody love him. He didn't give you tough love. He showed you love, but and you didn't want to let him down. But then you yeah. had the opposite in Coach Steele when he was there, who was a hard ass, and he'd be on you. Yeah. But it was tough love. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Coach Young and Coach Young, Coach Timber, tough love. They were hard on those, but they showed you love. But you wanted to not let them down. Because it, yeah. the culture wasn't it wasn't a me culture. It was an us culture. It was accountability. We would check one another when we were out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Say, bro, what's going yeah. on? You know, hey man, you, you gotta go lift weights. Oh no, you're not doing that. Hey, what you know, Lawrence checking me when I was a freshman. Hey, bro, you, you go on to class. I'll be there every morning to pick you up in summer school. That's cool. You go be in the gym. My freshman cool. year in spring football, I worked out with Lawrence Clinton and Damon. I was with the running back. No, you go be in, you working out with us. Mm-hmm. It's accountability. Yeah. <laughs> Are they willing to have accountability? But that goes to, with, like I said, so many distractions they have now. But when we were together, hey, we lived together. Now they don't have to really live together. They don't really have to socialize with one another outside of football mm-hmm. practice. And that's it. But us, we all live together. We hung together. We party together. We got in trouble together. Everything we did, <laughs> good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> offense and defense, right? Like, was it offense and defense? Because now everybody. Because, like, like, I'll give you a perfect example. I talked with JoJo over the summer, and, you know, he had roommates, but they were all offensive guys. Um, and then, you know, it's like, I and I talk, and they're like, oh, no, we don't really hang out with the defensive guys. You know no, I mean? we all like, were together. We all were yeah, together. So. Might have had we, and it was mixed roommates. But then the Nebraska culture overall, not just with us, but all the other sports, we all hung together. Basketball, track, volleyball, yeah. softball, soccer. We were like this. Like mm. all of us. Like, hey, what y'all doing over there? You know, but football-wise, like my roommate was Octavius McFarland and Shevin Wiggins. <laughs> so yeah, defense to offense. You know, we used to laugh at the yeah. numbers. You had, you had four, five, and six standing together in Warfield. You know, you had, but you had all of us. We were all together. Then over mm-hmm. the other house, we go around the corner. It was Rucker, Jay, it was Foreman, Ortiz, Marcus Johnson, who played the O line. You know, you had Book, Jamel, but you know, you had uh, Tyrone Williams, Barry Miles, Jerome Peterson. There, you know, you had we we mixed magic. Clinton, mm-hmm. doing it. Clinton, it was Clinton and but Clinton, Tony Velan. But we were friends. Yeah. So that accountability holding each other more accountable was even harder on one another because we were friends. No, you're not sitting at home and I'm up here doing handling my business. Yeah. Bro, we rolled together. We did everything together. So I say good, bad. We were all together. But it was accountability. (laughs) But we would need a strong coach. Mm -hmm. And this isn't taking anything from Coach Joseph. I'm just saying. I'm just saying in general. To deal with today's players and Mm -hmm. have that nonsense attitude and they're going to listen to coach Saban because guess what? He has the hardware to show it. Yeah, he does. No (laughs) doubt about it. How can you dispute this when I have this to show you? Here's my track record. Mm -hmm. Here's what's being drafted. Here's A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. You know what I mean? That's hard to dispute. Mm -hmm. It's hard to dispute. So, so Brian, I got to ask you something. How cool is it that you get to sit and talk to Kenny all the time? Are you kidding me? When I first had him on, uh, it was uh, the Scarlet and the Cream Husker podcast. I remember and that. Yep. I'll tell you what. It, I fanboyed so hard because I never thought in a million years growing up being a Husker fan 
I would be doing something like this, interviewing a former Husker that I watched on TV that I admired, loved watching play. And it just kind of got to the point where me and him started talking. We hung out in Lincoln after the Michigan State game one year, him and uh, Terrell Farley, and got to talking and exchanged yeah. numbers. And literally, it just it butted into a friendship that I never in a million years would have thought my ass would be in. That's so cool, having Kenny host with me in a podcast, <clears throat> I never thought I would be doing this. So, I mean, Kenny gets a hold of me randomly here and there, tells me some funny ass shit. And I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, this, this, yeah, this is big for me because I'm, I'm we're talking because we're on a podcast. Yes, sir. Um, I talk because I'm on the Husker Army podcast. Generally, I don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> my standoffish like, yeah what are you about yeah. you know I'm, I'm looking at you like eh. you know I wasn't really a talker as a player you know I go about my business coach you know coach Brown would say something I'd be like all right yes sir and he mm-hmm. didn't know how to deal with it because I'd be like oh okay I wasn't I'm not a rah-rah guy I'm not a let's go no oh yeah man they would laugh at me I bet, man, let's go here and get the business handled so we can go. You're an observer. I got things to do, do, you know. So, yeah. Brian asked me, I was like, oh, man, let me look at it. Then I was like, yeah, man, let me just get on there and talk. Get me out of my shell a little bit, man, because I'm an introverted extrovert. Extrovert. Talk to you guys because we're here. If we were out somewhere, I would talk to you guys. But I ain't going to be talking to everybody else in the play. We would all be shooting the breeze if we were somewhere having dinner or lunch or something. But everybody else, yeah, whatever you're talking about, I ain't trying to hear. But you know, so yeah. man, I appreciate it, man. And I and I love coming on talking with you guys in other podcasts because it's cool to hear other perspectives of what you guys are seeing in regards to the program and the feeling, how you guys are feeling about it. Cause we all take the hit. We some of us might take a little bit deeper because we play. Yeah. But you were there. The yeah. same hit you're taking and being lifelong fans, trust us. We're just as nauseous. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we get all of the, the harassment by other people. Oh, what's up with Nebraska? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Colorado, but they ain't doing nothing. So, dude, I let me tell you, it's it is beautiful. Like Colorado, Colorado State, both losing because I don't have to hear it. Hopefully, the Broncos totally shit the bed tonight, so then I don't have to worry about listening to their fans, because it's Bronco week now. The Raiders are playing the Broncos next weekend. I love exactly where your head's at, Rob. I really do. Yeah. Me too. Man, I am me too. hatred for Colorado. That The only time I root for anything out of Colorado is when Colorado State plays the Buffaloes, and I will root for Colorado State. Yeah. Anything yeah, I, after that, the whole state can kiss my ass. You know, yep. it's I'm a Northern California kid. Uh, my my mom's family is just from Gothenburg, and that's how I became a Nebraska fan. And I got dragged into this by Redcast Dave, and and you know <laughs> even more so. Like before, I was a fan. Now I'm like a super fan, I guess. Yeah. So, that's Dave, and that's Dave's fault, you know. But <laughs> well, well, let's get into that. Let's get into that because um, my story is a little different from most Nebraska fans. Your story is a little different from most. Nebraska fans too, Redcast Rob. So why don't you let everybody know why and how you became a Husker fan? Man, it was like, 
growing up as a kid, my, my grandfather was from Gothenburg and he came out on a train from Gothenburg to Northern California, where he worked in pretty much worked in the shipyards up, in, you know, until mm-hmm. his retirement. And, you know, Nebraska games are just always on TV. You know, I've always been a family guy, spend time with family on the weekends, you know, extended family yeah. as well. And so the games were always on in the back. My uncle Bob, uh, you know, rest his soul. He, uh, he would, he was really into it as well. And so the game, the games were just always on and I was a fan, right? So like if they were on and I was watching the game, I was always rooting for Nebraska. And then I moved out to Colorado in 2008. Um, and then long story short, after my divorce, I, I actually met uh, Dave's wife, Katie. She introduced me to Dave. They started inviting me to come watch games with them on the weekend because you know, I had enough Nebraska roots for them to like put on the red with them right on the weekends. (laughs) And we would go to this small, uh, this like dive bar in downtown Denver called the Giggling Grizzly. And they're a Husker watch site. And I would watch games with them there. And then on the weekends, even when they would travel back to Nebraska, I was still going down there by myself to watch the Husker games, you know, And, and it just got to that point. And then they started doing the podcast and, um, you know, that's a whole nother story, but I, I got, I kind of got, you know, asked to help them out with some stuff on there. The pandemic hit. So then they were just like, well, why don't you just come on and hang out with us tonight on the show? And now all of a sudden here I am like, <laughs> you know, doing my thing every single week with them and doing all, you know, doing interviews with players and, you know, former coaches, you know, one guy you may have heard of Kenny, uh, <laughs> coach, coach Tom. And, and, and it was, uh, and so it's just been kind of a whirlwind the last, 14, 15 years of, of being a Husker fan. And it's funny because everyone's like, oh, we've been terrible for 20 years. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, at the end of the, uh, like even two years in the, in the Callahan era, which I don't like to talk about him, especially as a Raider fan, but, <laughs> but then, and then going into Polini, we had, we were like only one of like five teams. Like we, we had like one of the top five records in all of football for like an eight to 10 year period, you know, regardless of like Callahan's last season and then going into Pelini and, you know, right before he got fired, it was like, they were, they had, they always had nine wins or 10 wins. Right. And they had one of the best records in all of college football. They just can never seem to win the big game. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't been down for 20 years. Like all these like revisionists want to like, to put us, we just, needed something to get us over the top. And, you know, I don't know if Polini would have been that guy. Anybody could have been better than Riley. And, it, <laughs> I, and admittedly when Riley got hired, I was like, Oh man, we're going to start bringing in all these West coast kids. He's got all the West coast connections. <sighs> I'll admit, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. The Calabrasca. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, then, and then, and then, you know, now, now here we are going into the, to the, to the big 10 and I'm thinking, okay, <sighs> I, in in retrospect, since Nebraska fans are good at revisionist history, when Frost said, "Oh, we're going to make the Big Ten adjust to us," I should have known from that point on it was over. Like uh, I should have, like, because yeah. nobody's going to nobody's going to change, you know, the trenches. Like that's what the Big Ten is. That's what the SEC is. That's the <laughs> difference maker in the entire thing. Is you know, it's all about the trenches, and yep. you know, and you can't bring in these small, you know, these small guys that aren't as big that are just moving around for play action passes and swing passes and circle passes. And, you know, I, you just can't do that. And, you know, we're going to have to, I mean, we've got a rebuild project coming up here real quick that I just, you know, I, it'll be an interesting thing to see. 
You know, I, I would, can we just talk to, I would love to see more of Kevin Williams on the offensive line. Am I the only one here? I was watching him against uh, Oklahoma when he was in there a few times. And I think he even mm-hmm. started and he was pancaking dudes in the run. Like the first, like five plays of the game, go back and watch those because Kevin Williams is not exactly the hardest guy to make out on that offensive line for reasons, you know? And, <laughs> and let's just say he's, he's the only non-white guy on the line. All right. And, and He's and got like, some some melanin differences. Yes, definitely. But you watch, you, watch him, you watch you watch him on those plays though. He is pancaking dudes off of the, on the in the run mm-hmm. game, especially like running to the right. And I'm I'm like, why why isn't he out there more? Like, what did he do? Who did he piss off like to do that? Because he came from Northern Colorado, right? He lived mm-hmm. here in Greeley for like four years, and. And I talked to him over the summer and, you know, he's like, and everyone was saying he's going to be like the guy to keep an eye on, on the, on the offensive line. Maybe we're going to see more of him moving forward. Cause we saw him against Oklahoma, you know, it'll be interesting to see because that kid can open up some holes. He can, and you watch he, and he, you, you're going to start seeing some guys running over him, like running. Run, and when I say running over, I mean, through the holes he creates, you know? So it'll be an interesting thing to see. And, I'm sorry, I kind of got off track. That's what I nah, do. Dude. Like as far as my fandom, but you're good. Um, you're you know, good. it's uh, I, I'm in it. I'm I've been in it pretty hardcore now for like the last 15 years. Before I was like I was like a casual fan, you know, admittedly. Um, but I needed a hobby after my divorce and and Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska football. You know what I mean? Like you can't say that I like jumped on a bandwagon. I'll tell you that much. I hope this isn't. Yeah. Uh, I hope this isn't too offensive to say, but it was one bad relationship to another. <laughs> <laughs> no, because because in all fairness, too, I've been a Raider fan my entire life. I've been an Oakland oh, yeah, fan three, my entire yeah, life. I mean, hell, up until recently, oh, I was I'm a Golden State Warriors fan too. And and let me tell me, you, man, I sat through some years. Where Me too. I'm they had some, good. they had some like they had some like teams in the Bay Area where there there's a funny story that I had that um, <laughs> Paul Silas was the coach of like the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, or I remember that. I and uh, and my family we had season tickets about like ten rows behind the visitors bench back in the old O.dot Co. And there was a game where there was hardly any fans there because it was the Warriors versus Charlotte. And I'm just like, and this is early days of the internet. So I'm like looking up players and all these stories about them and try, and I'm like yelling stuff during a timeout at Paul Silas about this and that and his days at Georgetown and everything like, and right in the middle of a timeout, he finally just stops, looks up at me in the stands and goes, and to everybody in the whole arena and goes, are you done yet? Cause I got a game. I got a coach here. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and I thought to myself that, that like, if that doesn't tell you like how, how much crap I've had to put up with yeah. as a sports fan for my entire <laughs> life, surprised, I don't bro. know what else, you know, yeah, like, the warrior story is funny because I've been a warriors fan. Like the new ones, I, I, I like to see them win, but I, I like players, but I'm, I go back to 1987. Okay. Eric Sleepy Floyd because I okay. don't like yeah, the Lakers. Oh my god, I love Sleepy Floyd. Because That's I don't like the Lakers. So when he went off for that game, I was like, who's this guy? One of my favorite players of all time. He believes in college was Chris Muller. So That's funny. You know, and my favorite left-hander is Saronis Marcelonis. So I'm a true Warriors fan from back then with Chris. That's funny. I'm a, I'm a big Tom Tolbert guy because I'm a I was a big fan of the uh, 86 87 Arizona Wildcats. Like yep. that's when mm-hmm. I started watching a lot. And uh, Tom Tolbert was on that team, and now Steve Kerr is obviously the coach of the Warriors, and he was on that team. And, and I was a big I was a big uh, Atlanta Braves fan because everybody was back then, right? Like <laughs> yeah. everybody because they were the only other team outside the Oakland A's that was on TV every day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
and uh, team, you know, yeah. so Kenny Lofton, you know, was was on those teams as well. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that, Neon Dion was even on some of yeah. those teams back in the uh, day. Oh, in the yeah. Atlanta, yeah. yeah, but but like as far as like University of Arizona and the and the you know for the basketball. So if you see me ever tweet out about them, uh, well, U of A, I'm a U of A basketball fan. I actually wanted to go there coming out of high school. My sister is a is an alum of there. Okay. I was born and raised there. I was yeah, born and raised. So. You, Kenny, you're from Arizona. Right? Yeah, you're from Arizona too, right? Phoenix, I was born and raised Phoenix. there, man. Oh, Phoenix, born and raised. Yeah, uh-huh. born yeah. and raised in Phoenix. That's I became a Husker football fan in 1983. So I had a buddy of mine that was pretty high on the Huskers. He said nobody was going to be stopping Turner Gill, Mike Rozier, and <laughs> Irving Fryer back in the day. And then when they go to that Orange Bowl against Ooh. Miami and Dr. Tom – calls for the two-point conversion at the end of the game because he figured if you're going to win a championship, you should win it on the field, not leave it up to voters. And from that day on, I was a, I was a Husker fan for life. My wife moves to Arizona from Nebraska hmm. five and a half years later. She meets me, and I tell her I'm a Husker fan. All the other <laughs> boys circling her at church had no shot at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I'm now a Nebraska fan. I've been a Nebraska fan for life. I always will be. Um, Brian, why don't you tell your story? I know you were born here, right? Yes, sir. I was born and raised. Turn my camera back on. Hang on. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, I'll tell you, it was uh, right from birth, (laughs) honestly. Uh, My dad, come to find out, named me after a player on the Huskers team at the time and for the life of me. I can't remember who the hell it was. He just said his name was Brian, and he goes, here you go. That, that, that's going to be your damn name. So, and from that point on, I honestly, my earliest memory really is the uh, the 84 Orange Bowl where Tom went for the two-point conversion. And it sounds crazy, but I was, Christ, not even two years old. It, so, I just, I, I, my dad recorded every single game because he worked sometimes on Saturdays. So I would be able to go back and watch all these games, even in sheer boredom. I would put those in just because I was bored and wanted something to watch. I probably wore out the 92 Colorado game on Halloween night. and I mean, I I was able to fast forward through commercials and stop it right when the commercials were Mm -hmm. over. It it was ridiculous. And it's been ever since. So I was fortunate enough to grow up in the 80s, the 90s, and Mm -hmm. get to appreciate what this program really has shown people it's all about. And it it frustrates me so much because guys like Scott, you didn't get to live through that. You didn't get to enjoy all that. And it truthfully pisses me off because I know what this program's about. I know what they can do. I I know what this brand stands for. And we are light years away from what it once was. Yep. But it, as far yep. as my fandom goes, man, you, you could never shake my faith. You could never, ever get me to stop rooting for Big Red. There ain't a chance in hell. You would, you know what, screw you, even if you kill me, I'm still rooting for these guys. Yeah, I don't I don't give a damn. I'm yeah. rooting from beyond the grave. So I want my ashes scattered at the 50-yard line, for God's sake. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kenny had to go apparently. Ah, um, no big deal. You know, boys, I gotta, I gotta get moving on here pretty quick myself. We so. do too. Um, my grandkids are all 
back there in their mom and dad's bedroom with my That's wife right. trying to keep quiet so it didn't come over the are those are those Scott's kids is that no no that's uh amber's kids my oldest daughter okay. next one older than scott we're in virginia i'm in virginia right now rob so oh, man. um <laughs> yeah virginia's beautiful dude absolutely beautiful so we're heading up to pennsylvania tomorrow to see some of my family on my mom's side and uh, then we'll head back to Nebraska and hopefully start hauling some RVs the week after we get home. So I'm hoping to get tickets to the Indiana game. The wife and I are hoping to go. Uh, so I know, according to Trev, there's still a little over a thousand. So uh, Rob, Brian, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Starting with you, Rob. Oh, you can find me at Redcast Rob on on Twitter, um, and then at Go Big Redcast. Uh, obviously, you can find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find the Redcast on Twitter. Um, you know, and you know, sorry, I, I don't do Redcast Rob on Facebook. <laughs> so um, yeah, and and uh, you know, throw me a follow if you if you feel like you know following a complete ass. Yep. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, well yeah in, in your favorite podcast app just do go big redcast you'll find those guys and it's one of my favorite husker podcasts it always has been um shoot way before you started on the show rob i started yep. listening to him back in early 2018 after frost was hired and i went all the way back through the 17 season to listen what they had to say back then so and i think that was their first year so yeah, they haven't. You guys have not had the luxury of covering a, a winning football team. Neither have we, but obviously we've only had to deal with the misery for what fifteen games, sixteen games now, Scott. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Brian, how about you? Where can folks find you? Uh, we're pretty simple to find. I mean, Instagram, Twitter at Husker Army Pod. Uh, I suppose if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Knutson underscore Brian. I don't do a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, as far as my main page goes, but I like to just stick with the Husker Army page. I guess you can follow me on Facebook, Brian Knudsen. Uh Really just post on the, the Husker fan pages there, especially right. uh, Husker Army fan page, of course. Go ahead, Kenny. I mean, we're doing kind of the whole how to follow everybody. So unless you had something else you needed to add to the conversation. Oh, no, brother. Sorry about that. Cox Cable gave me the business for a couple of minutes. But, uh, <laughs> nah, it's, it's, all at Cox. It, it, it's all good. I get it. I get it. I'm doing Wi-Fi myself, and that can be spotty at best. So, we just um, saw Twitter at Husker Nuke, H-U-S-K-E-R-N-U-P-E-1911. Um, and that's where I'm at. You know, I talk a lot of trash on there sometimes. Somebody get on the <laughs> I have to give them a heat check. Yeah, I threw I threw you a follow today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here talking crazy, but I'm yeah, there for the how, how about you, Scott? Where can folks find you on social media? Yeah, for those who are not watching the stream, I've got a Twitter handle at Scott Jen Red Pod. Um, yeah, you guys can just follow our page on anywhere that you follow social media that are the main social medias, of course. We're not gonna be in mm-hmm. like those weird smaller platforms that are <laughs> that are not well supported yeah. by yeah. the mainstream yep you can follow me on twitter i just i i'm i just stick to husker stuff there so um yeah yeah give me a follow yep absolutely you can find anything and everything about our podcast at genredpod.com which would also have links to our social media facebook twitter and youtube so make sure you do that and of course 
do a search for Generation Red on your favorite podcast app, and you will find our audio-only show in case you prefer your podcast in audio form. This particular show will be available as of 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, as well as the special recording we did with the Husker Army podcast earlier this afternoon. So, you know what, folks? This has been an absolute blast. Kenny, Brian, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Redcast Rob, damn it, dude. It's about fucking time we got to hang out. <laughs> I, well, you know, it's timing is everything. I love this, man. This is so much fun. I felt ob- I felt obligated, honestly. I, I, felt, like I, I felt like I owed it to you guys. Like yeah, I, yeah. I really I'm, I'm sure you do. Million times I'm, I'm sure you felt horribly obligated and guilty. And hey, I logged in the stream yard like 20 minutes early, dude. All right. Like, <laughs> I just had to go upstairs and get something to eat. So geez. it's all good. And thanks again to Fitz from the uh, Church of Corn podcast for dropping in for a while. Uh, we're going to hang out with them again sometime in the future. He and I have been talking since we've been on here, so that'll be cool. Uh, and for everybody, thanks so much for watching. My name is Ken. He's Scott. Together we're Generation Red. And we're here to remind you that no matter what anybody tells you, I'm not going to say it, Scott. I'm going to leave it up to you. For me, fuck Iowa. There's no place like Nebraska. <laughs> yep, Iowa's corn sucks and go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red Kids. Love you guys. Thanks for dropping on, man. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Later.